That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, my darlings. This week we have an episode with Shine Alexander, who is a fellow Dear Media podcaster. She has a podcast, a cult podcast that everybody loves called Press Send, where she answers your relationship advice. And I figured let's do this together because you know what? We don't need Davide all the time, do we? <laughs> Please enjoy. Hi. How are you, Shine? I'm great. <laughs> I love your sexy voice. Thank you. Uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. This is my honor. Can you, while well, your very cute dog is in the background, which is very on brand for our podcast, because mm-hmm. usually you can hear my snoring bulldog or a barking <laughs> or a barking mastiff. <laughs> oh, I love that you have the squishy dog. Oh, it's the best. Smells. It's a lot of smells. <laughs> We just talked about dog diarrhea in my podcast. So. <laughs> um, can you tell the people a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So I am a full-time content creator. I am a speaker. I'm a writer. I have a little puppy named Dingo. I went through a breakup about six months ago. So I am back on the dating scene, <laughs> fully like 36-year-old back on the dating scene. And I am having the best time. Let me tell you, I'm having the best time. My girlfriend just got a divorce and is thriving right it's, now. Honestly, I know. Like tonight, I have a, a date with a hot 27 year old Italian. Oh man. fuck! I love I, dating. Yeah, it's dating is the funnest, and uh, I have a podcast called Press Send. Where are you guys going on your date? We're going to Bar Blondo at the Where's top. That? It's the top of the White Hotel. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. How did you meet him? Uh, on Tinder. Great. He's so gorge and 27 and a hot Italian. Yeah. Like off the boat, like speaks Italian? No, but family. Yeah. Great. Yeah. How are you finding, like, what's your dating vibe right now? How are you finding people? You know what? I have, okay, I'm, and this is going to sound really snotty and everyone who's listening that's like dating and frustrated is going to be so mad, but I love to date. I love today. I love today. I was in a relationship for three years with a partner who we lived together. We raised the dog together, all of that. But, and I love relationships, but before my relationship, 
I also love to date. Mm-hmm. I, I think one thing I don't approach it with like, I'm going to go find my person. That's the, that is the key. Yeah. When, when I feel like when you go out and you're looking for something in particular, that's when it becomes frustrating for me. Yes. I'm like, look, I'm going to meet interesting people. I can talk to a fucking wall. So like, yep. even if they're bad at talking, like, don't worry, practicing for the podcast. <laughs> um, second, you go to fun places, you have good drinks, you have good food. Like you go and experience your city. I yeah. love it so much. And also like, I think the thing about online dating that I like the most is I meet people that would totally not be anyone I would ever meet totally in my friend group or whatever. Like, so it, it's like, I'm getting this like taste test of all these different people. And I think the most fun thing about dating is that you're like, it's kind of like going to a gelato place and there's like a hundred different types of gelato. And like, as if someone said, Hey, you don't actually have to buy a scoop. Mm-hmm. I can give you as many tastes <laughs> of whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> and it's so fun. So, yeah. I mean, ask me in six months if I still think it's fun, but, but certainly like that's how I've taken the pressure off of dating. Yeah. Because and- that's the right attitude because it's not, we talked about this before in your podcast, like there's this whole, like, every date you're supposed to go on could potentially be your husband. And if he's not calling you back, what's wrong with me? And I just, I don't know how we all got to that point. We're like, you're the driver. You're the driver, babe. You get to, you, you are the one selecting the flavors that you like. Yes. And the thing is, is if they don't respond well to you, that's a flavor you didn't fucking like, obviously. No big deal. Keep it moving. That's just not your person. It's not a big deal. There is totally like, there's so many of my friends who are like, I'm never going to find anybody. I'm like, nobody dies alone unless they want to. Like, you're not going right. to die alone. Like, well, there's and so also, many people in the world. It was just like, for me, it's about having high standards, mm-hmm. high hopes, and very low expectations for a date. Mm-hmm. Of like, I have really high standards of how I want to be treated and the communication and the respect that someone pays me. But I have very mm-hmm. low expectations for outcomes. And I think when you go in that way, someone else can also feel that vibe. And it's like, oh, we don't have to actually, like, we're not trying to get somewhere in a first, second or third date necessarily where we have to figure out our life plan. I don't know why people feel the need to do that. Because like, once you're in a relationship, like, once you're married, like, that's it. Like, and think about it. Like, you know, I just saw your eye twitch, by the way. Because <laughs> I'm like, I love my husband. Because ideally, you know, the average age span is what, 72. So it's like, that's 40 fucking years with someone. You're just going to like hope that it's this like guy that you went on a few dates with. Like, think about it. It's insane. It is actually insane. And also everyone in my family lives till they're over a hundred. So I've got like a long fucking while. <laughs> everyone's like, everyone's like 36. Aren't you worried that like you won't get married and have kids? I'm like, bitches, those eggs are on ice. And I've yeah, got a yeah. good 64 years to go. Mm-hmm. I'm not even Absolutely. a quarter of the way through. Yeah. There you go. That's such a good way to look at it. Also, yes. And I always say this too. Like if you're worried about the kid thing, go get a modern fertility test. See what your fucking egg reserve is. If it's in a situation where you're like, oh, this isn't the best, go freeze your eggs. Right. Like that's an investment in your future. 
Like, and not a lot of people can afford it. I understand, but like investing in something like that. So you're not rushing into a relationship with someone. I'm like, hello, what is, you can't put a price on something like that. Right. Right. I mean, it was like one of the best things I ever did. I mean, it fucked my body in a huge way. My hormones. It's like, I mean, you get your hormones back on track. Huh? How did you get your hormones back on track? Basically it's, I mean, it's the same like kind of things that you do for PCOS, basically like uh, food, exercise, you know, Mm -hmm. it's also like doing things that kind of like support my hormonal health, but also the doctor was like, also it's just time with like, Mm -hmm. cause I was like shooting myself up, myself up with hormones, obviously after egg freezing, gained 50 pounds from that. 50? Five zero. Not, it does not happen to most people. So I don't want to scare anyone from yeah, anything. Yeah. It definitely does not happen. I've never heard of it happening. But yeah. I think I already dealt with hormonal issues. It just um, triggered it. And so it just, you know, my body was just like, yeah, we're just not going to have hormones anymore. Did you go off gluten and dairy? Um, reduced. Yeah, reduced. I know. It's hard to do it all the way. Yeah. And I honestly, like, I know that doesn't work for me. So like super restrictive doesn't work for me. So just like reducing and also listening to my body of like, oh, I don't feel great. What can Mm -hmm. I do to support myself? Then also one thing that was really helpful to me is I was always dreading exercise during COVID because I hate working out at home. It's the worst. And for me at least. And so getting to like kind of reacquaint myself with movement and being like, what do I like to do? What Mm -hmm. do I what it what it's like enjoyable for me and letting myself off the hook from like doing like crazy hit workouts that I hated and being like, oh, I actually feel like going for a long walk with the dog. By the way, if you want to regulate your hormones, hit workouts the are worst. not it. And a long walk is like when I lived in New York, I walked everywhere and I was in the best shape of my life while like having a slice of pizza like often and like drinking all the time. Totally. And like my digestion was fabulous. Like I just felt so, so good and it's free and it's good for you. Well, and also like, I mean, I've tried to walk in LA and it was like, one of the, it was <laughs> the craziest shit. I'm like walking on the side of the 405. I'm like, why did Google Maps tell me this? Was like, like, walking a mile in LA feels like, insane walking a mile in New York is like nothing because there's so much stuff to look at so So I feel lucky but then also just like being like okay well today I feel like doing hot yoga or today I feel like lifting weights and actually not like that's those are the three things that I do is hot yoga lifting weights and walking have you ever done Pilates yes but LA Pilates and I'm sure New York is the same I'm not paying 40 fucking dollars for yeah it's 36 bucks at the Pilates and I live in Bed-Stuy like I live in like Brooklyn, like not an expensive area and it's $36. I'm like, what's happening? Gentrification. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, wait, I sit on like a, I sit on a, like a bed and you stretch me. I heard Pilates is actually so hard. Pilates is really, really hard. Like it's so expensive and it is something that to me is like so elitist, like that I'm, I, I have this like Especially in LA, it's like, I'm just like, I'm not a part of that. Like, yeah. I'm not doing that. I mean, that's how I feel about like most fitness classes, to be honest. Like, people are like, ooh, do you go to Equinox? I'm like, not anymore. I go to a fucking Planet Fitness and guess how much I pay? $22 a month. Same shit's there. I don't shower at the exactly. gym anyway. And like, exactly. I'll go take a walk and kick rats on the way. I don't care. Yeah. I hot yoga. Like I love my hot yoga studio. It's like every kind of person is in there and it's such 
hot yoga is so mentally restorative yes. that I have found that actually like when I started doing hot yoga, that's like what I really like invest in. And I found that um, like the weight started falling off of me because I, the first time I went back after having the baby, I got in the car and I cried because mm. I was like, that was the first deep breath I took in a really, really, really long time. It felt like it a just, release. Like, years of like mm. COVID. Like I was like, COVID happened. Like <laughs> my dad died four years ago. Like it was just like, you know, yeah. it was great. And I, was and like, I love that you like can't have your phone. Like when I'm working at the yes. gym, lifting weights, like you still have your phone when you're walking, you still have your Completely. phone. Like putting my phone in a fucking locker and being so nice. like, let me sweat in this room with a bunch of strangers. It's so great. All right. If we are related um, or maybe went to elementary school together, please put on some earmuffs because I'm about to talk about sex, more specifically orgasms, more specifically the best orgasm you have ever had. Imagine that and then imagine that it could be better. That's why I'm here to tell you about Foria. Foria is using all natural plant-based ingredients to intensify sexual pleasure and relieve discomfort. It just helps you get these bigger and better orgasms. Obviously, whether you're solo or with a partner, it has a serious cult following of thousands of people who have tried their products and have just had their sex lives transformed. I mean, I say this especially to women who suffer in silence with painful sex. Fori makes products that will transform your sexual pleasure, especially if you have a vagina or a vulva. It is just going to really take you there. The products are made to help women just enhance their sexual pleasure, especially the bestseller, the Awaken Arousal Oil. It is like an amazing warm-up that gets you super turned on by using CBD and warming sensation-inducing organic botanicals that enhance arousal. It increases your access to orgasm. Like we said before, it helps alleviate any discomfort you know what? It just turns you on and it's awesome. So yes, you have my permission to try this. I fully endorse and please go ahead and treat yourself to a more deep, fuller pleasure where you can find it. And as often as you can find it and you just, you just need a bottle of Foria. I keep mine on my side table. So we're obviously offering you a special deal. You get 20% off your first order when you visit foriawellness.com slash Pia or use code Pia at checkout. That's foria, F-O-R-I-A, wellness.com forward slash Pia for 20% off your first order. I recommend trying their Awaken Arousal Oil and the Sex Oil. Sackville & Co. is a female-founded, design-forward cannabis lifestyle brand, making products that beg to be displayed instead of stashed away. Because it's 2022, we like to smoke weed. We don't need to smoke weed like we're in high school anymore. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Trends come back around, but this is not the trend we want to come back around, right? Time to elevate your stash with Sackville & Co. They make the coolest cannabis and CBD accessories with accolades from Architectural Digest, Hype Bay Nylon, L and Style, Vogue, just to name a few. Most recently gushing over Barbie Fiera's Vogue interview where she highlights her on-the-go must-haves keeping a Sackville & Co. carry case keychain with her at all times. It's smell-proof, discreet, and very stylish. Whether you're a connoisseur or just curious, 
Sackville has not only beautiful products, but a ton of information on their site to make you feel comfortable at whatever stage of creating your cannabis ritual you're at now. Sackville & Co. donates 5% of their sales to The Tender Project, which is an incredible organization working to bring universal income to women who have been disproportionately impacted by the war on drugs. For all of our Cali babes, Sackville & Co. has recently launched pre-rolls, night haze for the chill nights in and beach days for those sunshine-filled summer hangs with your friends. Follow them on Instagram. Find out more about where you can purchase. Listen, you also know I have a discount code for you. Use code PIA25 at checkout for 25% off your first purchase. Visit sackville.co for more information. Follow them on Instagram at sackville.and.co and TikTok at sackville.co. Hey guys, I'm Lindsay Carter, the founder of Set Active, and this is my new podcast, Ready, Set, Spill. Finding the balance between being a mom, running a business, and still maintaining somewhat of a social life is a constant work in progress. We live in a time where social media glamorizes everything that we do, but life isn't always a perfectly curated Instagram post. And that's coming from someone who built their business on a perfectly curated Instagram feed. Nothing here is off limits, so get ready, get set, because it's time to spill. So where did you grow up? I was born in Korea. So I'm half Korean and lived there till I was like four and a half. And then my parents- You moved around a lot, right? Yeah. I moved every three years of my life, basically every three or four years. So we moved to Texas because my parents legitimately looked at a map of America. My mom's from upstate New York, but they legit looked at a map. (laughs) My mom was like, I love Western movies, which is not a good reason to move somewhere. (laughs) And then they were like, San Antonio looks central. Also, just like note, living in the middle of a huge ass state is like not the best. No. It's like not a good idea. Like being central is not necessarily yeah, no. great. How, how, so, was your, how did your mom end up in Korea? So she was um, an English teacher for the Air Force. And oh, so cool. she was there. She spoke Korean and met my dad in a nightclub. And they were literally, he only spoke Korean. And he saw my mom and he actually was a real asshole to her. He goes, go home, you Yankee in Korean. Uh, yeah. And then my mom in perfect Korean back, she's yeah. like, she's like, <laughs> not without you. <laughs> um, they're divorced now. It's fine. <laughs> it wasn't like a sweet love story where you're like, and then 36 years later, they're still happy. <laughs> no, they're divorced. My mom's remarried. But we lived all over Texas. I went to like a super, like I was in a super Christian upbringing, like very conservative home. Oh, wow. And now I'm a fucking raging liberal (laughs) and my parents hate it. Yeah, I'm sure. Where do they live now? So my mom lives in Texas with her husband and then my dad and I don't speak. So he's, he's abroad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you moved every three years, it was just throughout Texas? Yeah, believe it or not, you can just keep moving throughout Texas. And <laughs> I, 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 if anyone wants any like Texas city reviews, I've got you, babes. I like Texas. Yeah, I mean, it's great besides like, you know, the obvious reasons. Yeah, but I do. <laughs> uh, and by the way, I'm speaking 
from the perspective of me hanging out with like my favorite like gay men in Dallas and and, you know going to Austin which are like two places that really Mm -hmm. have nothing to do they're the outliers of Texas yeah it's just like good food and liberals um and like (laughs) they're not trying to like take away your rights actively (laughs) so we laugh but fuck (laughs) Um, we have to laugh so we don't cry yeah it's really I can't even it's I've been like trying to formulate how I it's it's interesting being married to somebody from another country and having him just be so confused like he's like so okay in the same couple weeks there was like a racial slaughter of black people but like you can't get an abortion and then there's no baby food yeah, yeah. it was like so and like and by the way, more guns. More guns. And to think <laughs> that those things are not totally connected is just so wild to me. Anyway. Yeah. It's been very hard to process. Very, very. It's, I, you know, it's so, it, it's, people always ask if we would be willing to move back to Italy and for how, my problem with Italy is how narrow-minded it is. It is really provincial. People have this like idea that you're going to like move to this small town. And, and I think it's really naive and annoying to think that you can just like escape reality moving to another country because every country has issues. And there's right. not like every country has issues. So, um, but because, you know, Italy is very fucking narrow-minded and you're mm. dealing with people who like still act like it's 1950. And, and that's not something I want for my child at all. But like I've always been so thankful to be here, but it's like lately I've been like, okay, like it's if things are gonna continue to to progress, like I very much see like wanting Carmela to go to at least high school in Milan or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. I think about it for the first time in my life, I'm like, do I want to end up in the U.S.? Like I, I don't know. And and obviously, like you said, everywhere has their issues, but it feels like ours are particularly bad. Mm-hmm. particularly for women. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. How did you end up being a full-time content creator? So I actually worked as a marketing director for eight years in the design industry. When I first moved to New York, I wanted to work in magazines, mm-hmm. wanted to be the next Anna Wintour. And then it got a real awakening about how fashion magazines are run and the people that, no shade to people that work at fashion magazines, but it's, it's a tough world. And I was like, these people are not happy mm-hmm. um, and like not paid well. And I just was like, the lifestyle's not for me. And so then I uh, got a job as a marketing director working in the luxury furniture design business. Okay. And that was amazing. I worked there for eight years. And then my boss kindly fired me. And he was like, you're not supposed to work somewhere. You're supposed to be an entrepreneur. He fired Aww. me and said, I'm going to pay you for couple of months, go start a company. Who the fuck is this person? I know a white man who actually supported my dreams. What a wonderful fucking guy. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, I can't pay you what you're worth anymore. He's like, you need to do this. And he really pushed yeah. baby bird out of the nest. Baby bird had a little mental breakdown, but, <laughs> but, um, I started my own event planning company. But what was interesting is I had actually started my Instagram account a few weeks earlier, because I, I took an, interv- an informational interview with ClassPass and I was interviewing for like a social media position there. And so I started my Instagram account 
just to be like, I do social media. (laughs) And they're like, you have 300 followers go away. Like you do like Kayla, it's in his BBG workouts and you have 300 (laughs) followers, please. No. And so, um, I didn't get the job, but I kept posting on Instagram. I started my event planning company. It was going really well. And then before I knew it, um, I had two full-time jobs, essentially content creation and, um, event planning. So I stopped taking clients for the event planning job because this was more timely. And that was in 2015. And so I've been Uh doing it since then. And I love it so much because I, as cheesy as it sounds, I know people are like, you don't care about a community. I actually do. And I have the best people and I love giving advice and talking to them about social issues, political issues, their body, family, all of that. What would you say to someone who wants to be a content creator in terms of like managing? Because this is like the hardest part, right? It's like managing like your finances because it's clearly that like, you know, you're getting a bunch of 1099. Those are not taxed. <laughs> so you have to remember that, that, that like 30% of that money isn't yours. Um, and then, you know, like, I mean, I think that's a real thing. It's like when... When you're at what point are you like, okay, I can take the plunge and not have like a steady paycheck. Right. Like how do you navigate around that? So if I could go back and give myself some advice, Mm -hmm. it would be to not really take that plunge until like all of my debt was paid off. Mm. Um, I ended up doing that. I ended up paying my debt off like the probably third year I was a content creator, but the debt wasn't because I didn't have money. The debt was because I was so fearful of being freelance that I would put things on my credit card. So I would have cash in the bank because, yeah, of course, you know, New York city rent's not getting paid with a credit card. And so it was more of a safety net for me, but you know, debt is, uh, debt is very, debt. <laughs> debt is debt. And it will put you in a place where like, you don't, until I've paid off my debt, I didn't, I didn't realize the weight I was carrying around. It's wild. It's it's crazy. Like the day I paid off my debt, I had this lightness that I mm-hmm. didn't know I could have. And mm-hmm. so for me, paying off debt was first. Second of all, get yourself a good fucking accountant that knows what the hell they're doing and will tell you how much to save. I also, hot tip, this is not sponsored at all. Um, I work with the financial gym. So it's like women-owned, women-founded. Cool. Um, it's a kind of a, a monthly service that you pay like a monthly fee. It's like a regular People need gym. to know about this. Yes. It's no, it is. They teach you how to invest. They teach you how much to save for your taxes. They teach you what kind of accounts you need to have. I walked right. in. Acorns is really good for this too. Like, but, but they meet with you once a month. Amazing. Like a, you have a, a financial like gym trainer who right. meets with you and is like, okay, how much did you make this month? okay, this we're going to put into this account. This is what we're going to do with this. They explain everything. And I felt like such a fucking noob whenever mm-hmm. I met with them for the first time. And the, I actually met with the founder and she was like, I said, I feel so dumb that I don't know this stuff. And she goes- don't teach any of this. Yeah. And she goes, why would you know this? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I don't know. It feels like I should know it. She's like, no one taught you this. They don't emphasize this in school. Personal Mm -hmm. finance is not something we as a country focus on. 
Why would you oh, know this? They like to keep poor people poor and rich exactly, people rich. Exactly, exactly. What you do, Why, and particularly also women. Power anybody with this information, of course. I mean, I just had to invest in somebody that took over my whole life because I was like, I don't know. Like I now I have like a mortgage and a child and like yeah. I take care of my mom and like my husband hasn't paid himself from his company in four years. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I was like, I have to, I could get in real trouble if I don't pay attention, you know? And I, and I do think like, the key for me was knowing that I could ask for help and then I didn't have to do it on my own. Like I was, I remember sitting there being like, how do I do this? Like, how do I do money? How do I do having, you know, I started making good money and, and being like now almost like making money feels like a curse because Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know what to do with it. And I am afraid I'm going to do something wrong. I, that it's so weird when you start to actually have like when you're out of debt and you're like, oh, I have it. Then you also feel more stressed because you're like, now I know how much I need to save. Exactly. You can't be a naive idiot anymore that like spends your full paycheck. And that's a whole new world. Yeah. I mean, financial literacy also comes with a great amount of like, you, you almost go to the other end of, mm-hmm. of like, oh shit, now I know too much about this. Like now I know too much about like how my spending is bad and like how I need to save. But yeah, I started putting away like 35% of every single time I got paid every invoice. And now I have management that helps me with that. But certainly like when I was just first starting out, it was like over save, pay those quarterly taxes, ask people for help. When you don't know an answer, find someone who does that (coughs) is way smarter than you. At that. Um, I didn't know you could pay quarterly taxes and my taxes last year almost took me out. And I was like, I, I was asked Rocky Barnes, like another uh, content creator. I was like, I was like, how do you do all this? Like you have two kids, a mortgage, like how do you pay your taxes? And she was like, babe, you just pay them quarterly. And I was like, what? And she was like, are you fucking serious? She's like, you've been doing this for a long time. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> no, but see, but, but, but this is why it's so important to have these kind of conversations mm-hmm. with people. And I'm sure someone listening is sitting in the same exact boat. Like, what the fuck do I do with my finances? Particularly if you're like freelance or you're trying to save for something. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know what a high yield savings account was. I know. I thought having most of my money in a debit card was better. Okay. Yeah, that's how so. little I knew. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, people are like, why you have all this money in the bank? Why are you not using a credit card and just paying it off every month? And I'm like, that's, I used a debit card for so many years. And I remember my roommate like six years ago was like, why are you paying for everything with cash? And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, I'm too scared to have debt. She was like, no bitch. She was like, get the points, just pay it off every month. Like, it's just simple math. (laughs) But it's, but it's, it sucks that we have to kind of go along our life and pick up these tiny little hints from people and so that's why I like highly recommend the financial gym. They saved my life and like a great accountant to help you do your taxes. I mean, chef's kiss. How many free trial subscriptions end up costing you hundreds, if not thousands of dollars long after forgetting to cancel? For me, it was over $500 until I started using Truebill. That is why I love Truebill. They fight back against gaming subscriptions. It's a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. And on average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make it hard to cancel, Truebill makes it easy. You just link all your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. They also will negotiate, I think this is so cool, they'll also negotiate your subscriptions 
insurance. They also once notified me that I could get cheaper car insurance. <laughs> I'm a huge, I'm a huge true bill fan. It also helps like monitor your spending. I get notifications every time I get paid. It has over 2 million users and helped save them over $100 million, which is in incredible. Don't fall for a subscription scam. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash Pia. I mean, think about it. How many like apps have you downloaded? Cause it was like 30 day free trial. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, I've been paying for this for six months, sometimes years. So just go right now to truebill.com slash Pia. It could save you thousands of dollars a year. Trust me. Again, like I also said, it helps organize all your finances. It's my favorite app thus far in terms of like managing your finances. Truebill.com slash Pia. Life can be overwhelming and many of us are burned out. I'm burned out. <laughs> and it's not even just work, right? It's like friendships and relationships and the internet, you know, There's a lot of things that are extremely stimulating uh, and overstimulating that can overwhelm us, that coupled with some good old childhood trauma. You know, it's important and let this be a reminder to you to prioritize yourself. And that's why I'm such a huge advocate for BetterHelp Online Therapy as someone who has been in therapy since she was 14. When I moved out of state and didn't have access to my therapist as an 18-year-old is when I truly had one of the most intense mental breakdowns of my adult life. I didn't have anyone to talk to. I was so overwhelmed by everything that was going on. It was a really, really, really kind of like almost scary time for me. And I wish at that time that I had had better help because it is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with a therapist. You don't have to see anybody on camera if you don't want to. You can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours, and it's way more affordable than in-person therapy. And our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash Pia. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Pia. So... You do, obviously you have your podcast where you answer a lot of questions, a lot of relationship questions. So, um, me and my husband and I do that as well. So we have a couple that we, I asked uh, last week if anybody had any intense questions. And so I have like a couple intense, long questions. (laughs) So I thought rather than a lot, we would do like two big ones. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. I've been dating my amazing boyfriend for three and a half years. It was an instant connection from the day that we met. And although this is my first serious relationship, I know what we have is very special. We started long distance, but about a year ago, I moved from New York to LA to be closer to him, leaving behind my job offer in my field and most of my closest friends. LA has been an adjustment for me due to COVID, et cetera, but I finally feel like I'm settling in here. In November of last year, my boyfriend's brother's wife was tragically killed in a car accident. Obviously, this has turned their whole family upside down and everyone has stepped up to help, especially when it comes to taking care of my boyfriend's seven-year-old niece because her dad often works abroad. Now my boyfriend is talking about moving back to our shared hometown to be there for his family and he's not asking me to come with him. 
basically, we're both in agreement that while we're so connected right now in our partnership, it, we look at each other as each other's person. Looking ahead, he's not the one for me and vice versa. I know that I need to put myself first and commit to building my life and career without him by my side. We have a 13-year age difference. I'm 27. He's 39. And vastly different goals and aspirations. Our relationship has never been a future-oriented one, marriage, kids, etc. But I've been happy and content to just live my life by his side. What a healthy, nice thing to admit, honestly. Mm-hmm. Before his family's tragedy, I was excited to have more time together here in LA. My question is, if we were already having conversations about ending the relationship when he moves to another state, should I just end it now or ride the wave of fun and love until it's truly over? I'm still deeply in love, but a part of me feels like if I cut my losses and endure the pain now, I'll be able to move on quicker. I've also thought about opening up my relationship so I can at least start exploring other connections. I'm not ready for this to be over, but maybe I can do something proactive that makes me feel like I have a bit of control over these very sad and heartbreaking circumstances. I mean... I'm usually more nuanced than this when I give advice, (laughs) truly. But I think there's so much love here that no one wants to be the one to pull the cord. Yeah. It feels like both of you guys are just dancing around this inevitable ending. And Mm -hmm. it feels like he's trying to give you reasons to end it because he doesn't want to be the bad bad guy and end it himself. Mm. But like, this is someone who's 39, who's putting down all of these kind of like, hey, just so you know, mm-hmm. don't want, I, nope, don't, we don't have the same goals. Hey, just so you know, I have, uh, you're going to have to move if you want this to work. Hey. And it almost feels like someone intentionally putting barriers up in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's not about that it can't work out in some way or you can't be happy. But clearly, if you're writing into a podcast, about your relationship and how you feel and you're considering opening up your relationship. Like, I think the opening up the relationship is a bad idea unless you guys are really into that. Like some people want to do that. I talked to a sex therapist one time and had her on my podcast and she was like, open relationships can work, but they have to work when people are on the exact same page Mm -hmm. that want that. It cannot be one person wanting it more it cannot be to help save a relationship. No. And this feels like a Band-Aid that's like slowly going to fall off after the pool. Yeah. You know, like just you got to rip it off, I think, in this scenario. And I think he is trying to gently let you go. Mm-hmm. And you're not in the same headspace. You're in the headspace mm-hmm. of how do I save this and enjoy this? And he is telling you... I don't think we should continue. And it's, he's just not using the right words. And it's yeah. probably because you do have love. Mm-hmm. Is that how you feel, Pia? Yeah, I definitely do. I would say I understand the comfort of wanting to remain in the relationship and enjoy it. And that there probably is a lot of safety there and love. And that's so great. But I definitely would rip the bandaid off. Yeah. I, I mean, let me tell you from personal experience, I was in a three-year relationship that ended in November Almost every year on the dot, my partner would say, Ooh, I don't know if I'm ready to have like a family. I don't know if I even want that. I don't like, and I didn't really listen. Mm. And I continued to be like, We're so in love. We're each other's person. We want to be together forever. It'll work itself out. It'll work itself out. And the reason why we broke up is that we both realized, Holy shit, this is not working itself out. This, Mm core thing, this core belief about what the future looks like doesn't work itself out. It doesn't. And as much as you want someone to change their mind 
or feel like maybe they'll come around or maybe they'll invite me to move to the town or maybe we can make it work long distance. At the end of the day, you want different things for life. Yeah. And you can want a person, but if you don't want to live the same life or a similar life, the relationship is not congruent. That person is actually not your person. Mm-hmm. I think I think the fact that they know that they don't want to get married and have kids is really healthy and that they're enjoying each other. And I think that's really nice. But I would definitely say... I agree with you so much. Like the guy's kind of like, you're not picking up what he's dropping and give yourself a little bit of grace. It's going to sting a little bit. And then you're going to just move on with your life. Cause it seems like you're already like kind of halfway there. If you're thinking about, you know, like it seems like she doesn't want to fully be alone. Almost. She's like, right. I'm going to let this continue on and maybe start seeing other people. So I don't, it's like, you can just get over it faster if you just do it. Yeah. And also like, you don't want it to end, like have it end in a mature, loving place, knowing that you did the best thing for each other rather than it potentially ending with a sour ending. Like what if you get into an totally. open relationship and it like, like actually brings in like jealousy and weirdness and all this extra communication, like just end it knowing that you loved each other and that you were not in the same place. And that's how I ended what like my last relationship ended. And I have to say like, there was a, an easier healing process, knowing that you're like, we loved each other. This was really fine for the time being. Completely. We did not align. I had a breakup like that once. And I remember we were like in the car, I was in the car. And I remember just saying like, thank you so much for the time we had together. It was such a great time. I learned so much. I'm really happy we're able to move on. Like what a great, it was like, it was like a handshake. It was like the most adult, normal, freeing experience. And I invite anyone to be mature enough to have that. It feels the feeling of feeling so good about a breakup was so empowering. I I, I like wish that on everybody. (laughs) Totally. And even if you're like, I I would, I would say like, cause now I'm back to like dating casually advice for anyone that's like dating casually and you know, it's not going anywhere having those little conversations of like, Hey, we've been on three dates. It's been so nice getting to know you. I don't feel like I see this going anywhere or I don't feel that spark, but thank you so much for the time. Like when you start literally acting out those small communications of like, this is not working for me, Mm -hmm. you will build the confidence to eventually have the larger conversation when the time comes of, Hey, this bigger relationship is not working out for me. Like like getting used to knowing what you need and mm-hmm. what you want for your future and and cutting your losses before it just perpetually just takes more of your time and energy but also like having good boundaries and knowing like actually my needs for my future and the things that I want are way far more important than my comfort totally i also think that if that's that's a perfect example of treating someone how you would like to be treated. Absolutely. And that's how you should act in a relationship because you'll get that back eventually. Literally the guy I'm going out with tonight that I told you about the 27 year old Italian guy that's like mm-hmm. hot, hot, hot. Last <laughs> night we were texting back and forth about kids and he was like, yeah, I don't think I want to have kids. And I said, I was like, oh yeah, I definitely want to have kids. He's like, I'm on the fence. I'm like, I was like, that's really good for me to know. I was like, we can just have fun and enjoy each other. And like, date casually. I was like, yeah. 
was. I was like, I was like, I don't really see this going anywhere because we want different goals for our future, but I would love to like get to know you and just like hang. Yes. And it was actually like the most, like he was like, great. Like you learned actually so such- much about yourself through dating other people. Totally. Totally. And like, I I'm not like, that. I'm not like, oh, we can't hang out because you don't want to have kids I, or we can't go on a date. It's more just like, oh yeah, cool. I'm going in with like a really good headspace of like, yeah. yeah, this, this may not be my person, but I can enjoy this time. I think that's wonderful. Good for I you. Mean, it also helps that he's hot, you know? Yeah. Thanks are reusable underwear that absorb your period. They look and feel just like normal underwear, but better. You can use thanks as a total replacement to pads and tampons or as a backup to prevent leaks. I have to tell you as a, you know, sufferer of PCOS, I have periods that at times are debilitating and the thanks period underwear have taken away a great deal of shame. Obviously my husband loves me, but every month I was waking up in a puddle of blood and I go to bed in my thanks underwear feeling so protected and knowing that I'm not going to wake up embarrassed. They come in a range of absorbencies from lightest to super. It can hold up to five regular tampons or 2.5 regular pads worth of blood, which is incredible. They're machine washable. So you just toss it in the washing machine with your other laundry and you hang it to dry. And thanks is size inclusive, offering their styles up to 4X. Over 1.2 million people have made the switch to Thinks. And Thinks has a 60 money back guarantee. So you can try their period underwear risk-free. And now Thinks is offering our listeners $10 off your first order with code PIA. So just visit Rethink Your Cycle. That is RethinkYourCycle.com to claim $10 off your first order using code PIA, P-I-A. Make the switch to thanks today. You will thank me later. I promise. I don't know where these have been my whole life. Okay. Last one. I brought up with my ex two years ago. We were planning on getting married together for four years. And he was my first and only love at the tender age of 19. I am now 25. She also included a photo and this girl is a fucking smoke chef. <laughs> she knows. That's why she included. She I was like, the thanks for the on there. photo. <laughs> She's sending you nudes at this point. We're like, what? <laughs> I finished school last year. I have a decent job and would love someone to share it with. The problem is I cannot get over my ex. He cheated on me and my heart still yearns for him. I've been on dates since, but I don't have it in me to fall in love again. And that really scares me. When I come home from a date or sleep with a new guy, I always regret it or get sad over it. My question for you is, how do I get over someone? Any guidance on how to find yourself after heartbreak? My mother has always told me I'll get over someone when I remember my self-worth. It feels like he truly broke me, like I was disposable. I've been to therapy and I'm still in it. I read books. I chopped my hair off. I bleached it. I've traveled. I've cooked. I found solace in running. But no matter what I... Why does that make me so emotional? I know. It's like an eat, pray, love moment. I'm like... But no matter what I do, my mind always goes back to him. And then she says, face to the name. This woman is stunning. She have her hair. She have her hair chopped off. Is her hair bald in the picture? No, it's like boob length with like blonde highlights. She's green eyes. She's like the most beautiful, like brown caramel skin and like beautiful lips and like the chicest dress on and like great makeup. Like <laughs> she's like. Totally classic and beautiful. She's like, she's going to kill the Bumble game. Yeah. I mean, this photo is nuts. I would, um, I would double heart this. I would say, I think you are trying to 
it sounds like, and I'm not a therapist, but I've been through a lot of therapy and I, my therapist thinks I should become a therapist, which is mm-hmm. the best compliment in the world. Yes. Um, I think you're trying to, it sounds like you're trying to fix the yeah. thing that happened and you're trying to redeem the thing that happened and you're trying to make sense of it. Like, and every person you meet that doesn't fulfill your expectations, it's again, a punishment for what happened. It feels Mm -hmm. like you're punishing yourself over and over. Like this guy cheated on me. He broke my heart into a million pieces. He made me feel like shit. And this person just shows that I'm a piece of shit and I don't deserve, you know, love or I'm never going to feel that way again. But I think the thing is, is like love, appreciation and pain and suffering ring the same bell in our brain. Yes. And it feels like the closest thing to love sometimes is pain. Yes, I agree. And I think you're, I think she's confusing the two a bit. Mm -hmm. And she's saying, every time I go out, I don't feel it. Every time I have sex, I don't believe that. I actually don't believe that. I think you are looking for someone to ring that pain bell Mm -hmm. because that's what you last experienced that felt so intense. And I'm not saying she's met the right person or that like she's met a great guy, but I do think you sometimes, you almost need to feel that familiarity of being hurt Mm -hmm. or being lonely to feel like yourself. Mm -hmm. And it feels- Yeah, because it's like your story now. Yeah. And it feels foreign to feel content. It feels foreign to feel like nothing. Like mm-hmm. it's it's so funny. Like people write into the podcast and into my Instagram all the time. And they're like, I'm in a relationship and everything just feels like really normal. And like, but I don't feel like that excited by it. But I also mm-hmm. like, don't want to, like, he's a perfectly nice person. I'm like, I always ask what happened before this? And nine mm-hmm. times out of 10, they came out of a tumultuous, toxic relationship. Yep. And I'm like, oh, you're just not used to things being placid. You're not used to things feeling calm. Mm -hmm. And I think we often, you know, think anxiety feels like excitement and love. Totally. And like, just because you're going on all these dates and they don't feel like the same kind of love because you're you're comparing a four year relationship yeah. to that like ended a fourth really date. dramatically exactly like you experienced in four years the <laughs> highest highs of love but you also experienced the lowest lows of love yep. and so you're expecting on a fourth date to feel those types of emotions and okay. that's just not going to happen Mm-mm. let it be but then also like keep up with the therapy and all of that because like you will work that out, but stop, stop looking for the validation that you deserved what happened to you. Stop searching for the validation of nothing will ever compare because they're Mm -hmm. not supposed to compare. And also give it time, give Mm -hmm. it time with people that you're experiencing new relationships with. Like it won't be the same because no relationship is the same, but it might be better. It takes a lot of time to get over a four-year relationship. By the way, they met when they were 19. I had my first boyfriend when I was 18. And we only dated for like a year and a half or two years or something. But it took me a very long time to get over that relationship with a person who was a complete 
I feel like never talked about him actually. Complete piece of shit. Yeah. Like sold drugs, sold like weed out of my apartment when I was in college. Like I found out after we broke up that he was cheating on me the entire time. Meanwhile, I'm like a beautiful, like 18 year old who like just moved to New York. He like met my family. Like he was already living there. Like he was, this is like, I'll, he didn't do any, obviously anything like physical to me, but outside of like physical harm, this was like the worst. And it's the mm. same thing. And I think that there's something that happens with your first relationship at that age that is very fucking hard to let go of. Like very, very, very hard. And I have to tell you, if you think about this, like what did she say? She's 25. Like from 25 to marrying my husband at 30, I had two very serious relationships. Like I was in one at 24 and then was in another one with someone I lived with and thought I would marry. And then now I'm totally married and have a baby. So there's so much life left to live. Totally. Like, and at 28, you totally go through your Saturn return, which I is a really fucking real thing. Yeah. Like my whole life turns upside down at 28 in a good way. Like everything's, I remember at 26 looking at my friend and being like, I love my boyfriend. Like we're going to get married and this is going to be my life forever. And she was like, okay. And I, I like rolled her eyes at me. She was much older than me. And I was like, what? And she was like, you haven't even gone through your Saturn return. Like you never know what's going to happen in right. your life. And like everything got flipped upside down. And thank God, because now I'm with my husband, who's like the best guy ever. So it's I chapters. Have a, I have an interesting analogy that I just thought of. You know, like when a little kid, like you cut their pizza wrong and they freak the fuck out. Yeah. And they're like, life's over. Yeah. I think that happens to us in just like incremental ways as we get mm-hmm. older. And that feeling, I I remember feeling young and going through breakups and feeling that feeling of I'm, and it usually happens right when you wake up in the morning and you realize that they're not there and you realize that you're in the midst of a breakup and you have Mm. that feeling of like, I'm never going to love again. I will never meet someone like this again. And it's kind of like when you're a kid, you get so upset. The world feels like it's ending when your pizza's cut wrong. And then maybe- Such a good analogy. And then when you're in high school, it's like, you know, or college, like this guy that I like didn't have a crush on me. I'll never yeah. find someone like him again. Or I failed out of my accounting class and I'm never going to graduate and have a life. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you get fired from a job when you're in your twenties. It's like, I'm never going to work again. Mm-hmm. It's like all of these things feel so big in the moment. And I'm not saying in the moment they aren't big because they are, they are like, mm-hmm. they, they, feel, life moment. they feel life altering. But speaking from people that are a little bit further ahead, you will find someone else. (laughs) You will see this in, it might take another year, who knows, but you will look back at this time and say, oh my gosh, that felt so big in the moment. Mm -hmm. And now it feels like nothing, Mm -hmm. you know, and you can still respect the depth of that emotion, but you're like, oh yeah, like I actually can get through things. And I, and I think you know, you, as you move along life, you're still that kid that gets upset over how your pizza's cut. It's just a different thing, you know, and it's, it's, it's (laughs) something that gets less severe, you know, and then you have the real things like a parent Mm -hmm. dying or, or a marriage failing or a, a child being sick, like, and you hit those real things in life and all these little heartbreaks and all these little dramas have led you to a moment where you can actually weather those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a great, Great way to put it and a great way to end this magical episode with you. Thank you for having me. This was so beautiful. 
Where can everybody find you? Um, you can find me at Shanae Alexander, C-H-I-N-A-E, Alexander, the normal way, on Instagram and all the things. And then you can listen to my podcast called Press Send. Listen to Pia and I's um, episode to start out. It was beautiful. Um, it's Press Send Podcasts on all the ways that you can listen. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. Thank you. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes this week's episode of Everything is the Best. I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Maybe leave a comment. But remember, shitty comments are for shitty people. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Pia Barangini. And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your day. Love you. Ciao.